Welcome to the Studies in Proverbs podcast, produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. This is taken from a video series you can find on our website, heartcrymissionary.com. HeartCry is a missionary society founded by Paul Washer. The goal of our ministry is to glorify God and bring the greatest possible good to humankind through the preaching of the gospel and the establishment of biblical churches throughout the world. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society. Well, it's time for another uh, lesson in the book of Proverbs. So let's just get started. And we will read in chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. You say, we've done that many times. We're going to do it many more times. Because the reading of Scripture, as I've taught you already, is extremely important. So let's begin. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to discern the sayings of understanding, to receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the naive, to the youth, knowledge, and discretion, a wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. To understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles. Now we come to the summation. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, please. Please help me to explain your word. And I pray that you would open up the eyes and the ears of, of the young people who are, who are listening to this video. That they would know Christ and in him find all wisdom and all life. Lord, help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, uh, there's one last thing I want to touch on in verse 1, and that is the fact that it uses the word king here. And here we see the king of Israel, David. Now, both king David and Solomon were very, very important figures in the nation of Israel. Very influential. Now, I want to talk to you for just a moment about authority. Right now, maybe you're 12 years old and you say, I don't have much authority. Well, one day you will have authority. Maybe you will be an elder in a church. Or maybe you will be some sort of person in government, or you will be the employer of people, or that you will have authority as a husband and a father, or you will have authority as a mother over her children. And so we're all going to be, to some degree, in, in positions of authority. And I want you to know, to whom much is given, Jesus said, much is required. The more authority we have, the more we should walk in the fear of the Lord and walk with great caution. Because the things that we do, depending on the authority we have, the things that we do will have a great influence on other people. Now the Lord, in His great wisdom, He knew that. And so He gave a specific rule to the kings, not just to one, but every king in Israel was supposed to do this. Maybe it should have been considered their primary duty and that is what? Uh, to be a theologian. And you say, hold it, what do you mean? King, a theologian? Yes, we're all theologians. You see it. A theologian is someone who studies in order to know God. All of us have some knowledge of God. That doesn't mean that that knowledge is correct. But even the atheist 
has a certain knowledge of God. He says God doesn't exist. That's his opinion of God. So we all have a lot of opinions about God, about his nature, and about his will. But the problem is, none of us can be sure that our opinions are true unless they line up with the Word of God, the Scriptures that God has given us. And therefore, young person, listen to me. You're not just to read the book of Proverbs every day, but you are to read the Scriptures every day. From Genesis to Revelation, over and over again. And yes, there will be parts of Scripture that carry more weight. But all Scripture is inspired by God, and all Scripture is important. Now, young person, turn with me for just a moment to Deuteronomy chapter 17, because I want to talk about this thing about wisdom and kings and authority. So, if you go to Deuteronomy 17, and we go over to verse 18. Now, this, is, this whole chapter is about the administration of justice, particularly with regard to the king. And it says in verse 18, Now it shall come about when he sits on the throne of his kingdom, he shall write for himself a copy of this law on a scroll in the presence of the Levitical priests. Let, let me just point something out. He's writing the law that would help him to, to understand it, to give him his own personal copy to read it. But he's also doing it in the presence of the Levitical priests. It was their responsibility to be teachers of the law. You see, no man is an island, and Christianity is not a lone wolf religion. This is so very, very important. Listen to me, young person. Uh, um, most time on television, when you have a TV show about a family, it seems like always the ones that are considered wise in the television show are the children. And the parents who have lived maybe four times longer are, are betrayed as though they, they they're portrayed as though they, they didn't know anything. That, that's, that's not biblical at all. So every generation now has to rediscover truth or find some truth out there that no one's ever found before. And again, that's not biblical. You know, as a matter of fact, it's, it's probably the source of all evil in the world. What do I mean? Adam was given a command that he was to learn that command and live by it. Don't eat from this tree. If you eat from this tree, you'll die. So he was told that. He was never supposed to experience it in order to learn it. He was told that. You see? God was saying, this is my word. Trust me. Do not eat from this tree. But the devil comes by. Where God had said, learn and live, the devil said, live and learn. Go ahead and eat from the tree, and you'll learn from it. You see, that's not the way things are supposed to be done. Very, very dangerous application. Let me share with you. If, if you, you tell someone, this is now this is sort of a harsh illustration, but you, you tell someone, do not point a gun at yourself and pull the trigger, even if you think it's unloaded. Never do that. Now that's, you, you hear that, and you should take it to heart. You don't need to experience it to know it's true. But then you say, no, I'm, I'm young and I need to experience this for myself. You can see how dangerous that can become. You put the gun to your head, well, the story continues. You've done a very dangerous thing. And so, so we're to learn from others. Now, 
there's a thing that I want you to understand that everybody's teaching, including my own, is, is not the primary standard at all. The primary standard is the Word of God, and that's why you have to study it all the time. But yet, at the same time, there are people, and you can see behind me, I've got a lot of books from a lot of very old, uh, old men. Well, most of them have already gone on to glory. So I learn from them, but I always compare what I'm learning to the Scriptures. And I want you to do the same. But here, the king is, you know, he's the most important guy in Israel. He's the big authority. But when it comes to this matter, he needs to also submit himself to the counsel of godly men who have studied the Scriptures. Okay? Now, and it says in verse 19, It shall be with him, and he shall read it all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God by carefully observing all the words of this law and these statutes. Do you see that? What you need to understand is the fear of the Lord is, is more than just an attitude of reverence. It's more than just being disposed to, to honoring God or, or treating it as a feeling. But if you truly reverence the Lord, it is going to be seen in your lifestyle. And particularly in the, in the manner in which you honor His commandments through studying them and, and obeying them. So, look at it, he says, It shall be with him, and he shall read it all the days of his life. Uh, I need the Word of God just as much today, 35 years after my conversion, as I needed it when I was converted. Um, you never outgrow the Word of God. Now, it goes on, It shall be with him, and he shall read it all the days of his life. It, it, have you ever considered the Word of God to be a companion, a friend, a guide. Well, you need to. If you're a Christian, you have been given the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is a guide, is the guide. But the Holy Spirit guides us through the Word that He inspired, do you see? And if you will give attention to His Word, you can be assured that the Holy Spirit is going to guide you. All right. now that he may learn to fear the Lord his God. Do you know why uh, some people don't fear God? Because they don't know him. They don't know who, who he is. They think he's like some kind of maybe cosmic Santa Claus or an old grandfather that you can easily fool. And they don't fear him because they don't know who he is. He is a loving God. And he is slow to anger. And he's abounding in loving kindness. But he is holy, holy, holy. And he is righteous. And the same God who gives life kills. The same God who pardons judges. And you need to know this God in Scripture. And the only way to do that is by studying the Scriptures. Now he goes on. He goes, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God. And how do we fear him? By carefully observing all the words of his law and these statutes. Now again, remember what I said. Christianity is not just about following rules or commands. It's about a relationship, a faith relationship with Jesus Christ our Lord. But he himself said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And so we need, to, we need to know this book to know the will of God in order to obey that will. And let me share something with you. Uh, his commandments are a delight. 
They are saving commands. They are blessing commands. They help us navigate through this very, very difficult and dangerous world. And without them, well, you're on your own and that's not a very good place to be. So, he says that he may learn to fear the Lord his God by carefully observing all the words of this law and these statutes. Carefully. Now let me ask you a question. Would you describe your daily life as being careful? Being careful to know God's word and being careful to follow it. Is that the way you would describe your life? I'm afraid many of us would have to say, no, it's, it's the opposite of careful. It's careless. It's dangerous. I have a friend of mine, a very good Bible teacher by the name of John Snyder, and I remember him saying this one time. He said, you know, everybody today is talking about passion, passion, passion. Somebody ought to talk about caution. And, and that's what I want to tell you. Now, young person, don't be paralyzed with fear. At the same time, know that there are decisions you're going to make throughout your life that will, they will hurt you and they will hurt those around you if you're not careful, if you don't do the right thing. And that right thing is determined by the Word of God. Now, verse 20 also, look at this. That his heart may not be lifted up above his countrymen. You see, when you get some authority, uh, there's something that can happen to you. It's called pride, arrogance. You begin to think you're special. Um, and you begin to treat people as something less than you. Treat their opinions, their needs, their desires as something, well, subservient, below your needs and desires. And so whenever we have authority, you need to realize we need to stay in Scripture because in Scripture we learn that what do you have that you have not received from God as a gift? And if it is a gift from God, then why do you boast? Whatever you become in life, your supposed greatness, young person, listen to me, it's a gift from God. You're not above your brethren or your sisters in Christ or anyone. You've been given authority to serve, okay? And to remain humble in your authority, you need to study the Scriptures because it not only tells you about you, it tells you about God, the God that's over you as the ultimate authority. And it also tells you about the great gift that God gave in His Son to save you. And that truth, above all others, the cross of Jesus Christ, will keep you where you ought to be. Um, as your brother's equal friend, servant, do you see? Okay, now we've looked, we've looked at the king, and um, we don't have a lot more time, but we're going to make our way back to Proverbs really quick, and we're going to look at verse 2. At least we're going to begin looking at verse 2. And um, so let's read it. To know wisdom and instruction, to discern the sayings, of understanding. Now this is one of the things that the book of Proverbs is promising you. Promising you. Now, you know, a promise is no good if the character of the one giving the promise is not trustworthy. And this is something that you need to see. Every promise of God is dependent upon the character of God. We can trust the promise. Why? 
because of the faithfulness of the one who gave it. You know, so many people tell me today, they go, you know, Brother Paul, I need more faith. I need more faith. And I, I say, yes, you probably do, and so do I. Well, how do I get it? And you know, they'll pray and ask for faith, and that's a good thing. We should do that. But you see, the more I know about someone, then the more I can trust their promises or the more I distrust their promises, the more I know about their character, okay? Now, you want to grow in faith? Grow not so much in your knowledge of promises. That's secondary. Grow in your knowledge of the character of God. And young person, yes, listen to me. The greatest of all knowledges is the knowledge of God. Not even the knowledge of, of proverbs, of principles, of wisdom, but of who God is. Because if you know who God is, you truly do, and you see Him as He is portrayed in the Scriptures, then it won't be a difficult thing to trust Him with, with the most special things of your life. Now, I tell you what, I'm going to do something I always do. Let's go run someplace else really quick. I promise this is about Proverbs, but let's, let's go to Jeremiah. Because I, I want you to see something that a lot of people, sometimes I'll quote this verse, and people go, where is that? I've never read that before. That's, that's amazing. Look in Jeremiah chapter 9. Okay, Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23. Because we're going to talk about promises when we get back to Proverbs. So we need to talk about the one who gave the promise. Because I want you to be able to trust him. Jeremiah 9.23 Thus says the Lord, Let not a wise man boast of his wisdom. See, there you go. And it says, And let not the mighty man boast of his might. Ah, let not a rich man boast of his riches. See, these are the things that men boast about, isn't it? I know what I'm doing. I'm strong. I can lift more than you or I can beat you up or I have more money than all of you. That's what men boast about today. And God says this is silly. It's just... just Beyond words, silly. And he says 24, But let him who boasts boast of this, that he understands me and knows me. We may be seeing a little bit difference between those two words. We have to be careful. Because the Hebrew idea is to heap just one word on top of another to, to really give emphasis. But... There's factual knowledge about God, and we're going to talk about this. There's factual knowledge about God, and you need that. The facts of who God is as He reveals Himself in Scripture. But then there's the idea of knowing God, which is a personal, intimate relationship. Now, He said that understands and knows me, that I am the Lord. Um, let, me, let me give you some news. You're not the Lord, and I'm not the Lord. There's one Lord and God and Savior. He's the Lord and He exercises loving kindness. Loving kindness is almost like a word we had to make up. The, the Hebrew idea is so rich and so full. He's just, just abounding in, in love and goodness and kindness. But also justice and righteousness. So your perfect balance. In the attributes of God, that's the different characteristics of God, it's a perfect balance, okay? He's a perfect God, and He'll never act in a way that throws that off balance. Even when He judges, He's still a loving God. And even when He loves, He's still righteous. One doesn't work against the other. 
well, if we have time, we'll study that sometime. Now, let's go on. He says, I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth, for I delight in these things, declares the Lord. Proverbs is important. And I've said that, right? We need to know principles. But I, I've really got to nail this down with you. More than the principles, you need to know the one who gave them and who promises or gives promises regarding those principles. And then even more important than that, you need to know the one who died for you. Who lived for you. Who died for you. Who rose again from the dead on your behalf. The only one in whom there is salvation. And ultimately, he is the treasure trove of all wisdom. The book of Proverbs and all its principles and everything are almost function. Remember I said like the law? The law was like a shadow and the sacrifices were like a type of Christ that was to come. A greater sacrifice. Well, the book of Proverbs is almost like a shadow of the wisdom of Christ that, what was, that was revealed when He became incarnate. That means He took on flesh and walked among us and taught and ex exemplified everything He taught. And then ultimately, the greatest demonstration of God's wisdom. You know what that is? The cross where Jesus died. That He was able to reconcile us to Him. Now that took a lot of wisdom. Alright, well God bless you. We went a little over this time, but <laughs> we'll get back to Proverbs in the next lesson. So uh, God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Studies in Proverbs podcast produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society.